When I think about grace, I think of something my uncle said when I was 15 years old. And, and when I was young, I was a very pretty young girl. And, you know, I had that confidence of being a, an accomplished young dancer and performer, and I was a good student. And, you know, there were a lot of things that I took pride in, and, and one of them I, I really always tried to look my best. So we're visiting my uncle and my aunt in, in the Netherlands, and we have a big group of people, um, you know, big party. And someone made the comment, well, you know, Michelle is quite a lovely young woman, and my uncle, my favorite uncle, Malti, said, yes, she's pretty. But she's neither meat nor fish. And I thought, oh, what does that mean? Neither meat nor fish. He went on to say, you know, a woman isn't interesting until she's at least 40 because she doesn't have anything to talk about. She has no experience. She has no wisdom. She has no, no life stories to tell until she's lived. And at 40 is when a woman becomes truly fascinating truly interesting, someone that you, you know, you want to get to know. And I thought, okay, note taken. And uh, so gathering experience and getting to know people. And my mother used to say that every experience you have, every person you meet is a flower in your life bouquet. And it's a, it doesn't have to be the best of experiences or the most positive, but it's what gives your bouquet depth and character. And my uncle was absolutely right. I hit 40 and it was the best, absolutely the best. And my mother was right about the bouquet. I've had wonderful experiences and I'm very thankful for the life I have. So, um, you know, when I turned 40, I realized that grace really does come with wisdom and, and learning from people, having experiences with people. Um, because the more people that you meet, the deeper understanding of yourself you gain. And uh, you know, you will meet people who you want to emulate, and then you will meet people who you take note to self, I never want to be that way. And this is what chisels us to make us the gems that we end up and it's a constant journey. We're always being faceted, we're always changing, we're always learning. And it's really through, you know, through travel, through experience, through contemplation, through reading, through, uh, you know, through our, our poetry, through our music that we feed our souls. And we always have to keep that soulful aspect engaged in everything we do, in every person we talk to, in every, in every endeavor we touch, that to keep our souls engaged and our passion engaged and our compassion engaged it's, is essential. And I really think that, that that with age, grace becomes more and more profound. Welcome to Language and Culture with Dr. J. I am Dr. J. We are now in season three of this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. The podcast is absolutely non-profit and independent of advertisers. I conduct the podcast as a part of Kulturium. Please check out the website kulturium.com 
That's C-U-L-T-U-R-E-U-M.com for all my activities, including my books. Or follow me on my Instagram account at drjpodcast or at quadil, that's Q-U-A-D-Y-L-L-E. Today's episode is entitled Grace. If you Google the word grace, the definitions that come up through Oxford languages are simple elegance or refinement of movement, courteous goodwill, and as a verb, to do honor or credit to someone or something by one's presence. All three of these definitions apply to my guest today. For me, she is the epitome of grace and beauty. She carries herself with great elegance and poise. She has style and charm, and she fills a room with cultured ease and delicate excitement. Michelle Hamlet Wythe is a Dutch-American ballet dancer. She's a former principal dancer of the Kansas City Ballet. She is the co-founder and former co-owner of Crescendo Conservatory. Michelle retired from her professional career a year ago, but continues to teach selected dance classes privately and dedicates her time to nonprofit work through Arts en Avant and the Women's Committee for the UMKC Conservatory. I have known Michelle for probably three decades now. My father used to teach with her at Johnson County Community College and considered her to be one of his favorite colleagues, a relationship that developed into a friendship over the years. My children have taken several dance classes with Michelle and absolutely adore her. I have had the pleasure of taking dance lessons from her as well. In fact, I'm currently participating in her Be Moved class, a class that was developed by Sherry Zonker for former professional dancers. The class focuses on a different dance style each week. The question of beauty and grace and elegance has been more and more prominent in my life as I grow older. Things that were taken for granted in youth are no longer so easy. I find myself even caring more now than I used to before. Certainly, it seems I crave more reassurance. But when I see Michelle, I'm filled with the certainty that grace is ageless. And that is the topic of today's episode. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Anya. What a delight it is to be here. And you're so modest. I saw you cringing through my through my introduction, but I mean every word of it. I nearly burst into tears, but I thought, deep breath. Thank you so much. I'm so honored. Michelle, let's start with the question, what is grace? Let's just kind of go back and forth and see what 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 we can come up with as a definition. What is grace? Well, I think grace is a quality of character. Everyone has grace within them. You know, when when I'm saying grace, patience, kindness, tolerance, emotional intelligence is a key, I believe, to grace. And uh, coming from a place of gratitude, of gratefulness. And so every day, we start, we have an opportunity to do wonderful things every day, to be kind to people. And, and again, to be thankful for being here and for the gifts we've been given. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is, do you, do you think there's a transition from what grace means to us in youth, 
what grace means to us as as teenagers, as as women in their so to speak prime, or do you think it changes with age? I think so. I think as children, we can recognize grace in certain individuals that we will tend to admire and and eventually decide to emulate. As you know, as I'm just going to take this as a young dancer. Grace was pretty much assigned to quality of movement and to our educations as young dancers and how to carry ourselves and how to express ourselves through movement. And being graceful was everything we always wanted to be in, in, our, in our training, in, in learning how to become young artists. You know, so we have, we have grace in personality that we may have seen in, in our parents, in in friends of our parents, in relatives, um, you know, in, in some teenagers who were kind to us and recognized us. That we might not have recognized at that moment as grace, but we came later to understand they had the grace of character to recognize us, to support us, to love us. And that again comes then, we want to emulate these people we want to be like that when we're teenagers and young people. Then as we grow in experience and we are uh, becoming adults ourselves, and, and I certainly know um, my children and all of their friends use this term adulting. <laughs> adulting, okay. Adulting is difficult. Adulting is work. Um, adulting is not always pleasurable. And it's the things that we encounter on a daily basis, I will say, just in day-to-day -day survival in personal, interpersonal relationships, in, in work relationships, in dealing with car troubles or your HVAC breaks down or what it is. How do you handle these things with the people that you will encounter? I grew up in a household where uh, my mother was exceedingly gracious and always thinking of, of how to approach other people respectfully. You know, that everyone is working hard and we have to understand when we um, are, are interfacing with anyone, they have their stories. And to treat everyone as a professional um, until they prove themselves otherwise, I suppose. But, you know, it's always, it's, it's a constant evolution and learning experience. And, uh, but to stay in tune, I think, to other people is, is a sign of grace. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. And, and so let me just push a tiny bit uh, farther. So what do you think, how do you think grace manifests itself through midlife or, or even in, later on in life? Well, it depends, I think, on uh, the paths that people choose in their lives. Um, I will speak um, from my perspective and decisions that uh, I've made in my lifetime and you know, first dancing professionally with the Kansas City Ballet was, uh, was, was one of the most delightful, amazing experiences I could have had. And my training was outstanding, and my mentors were outstanding. Being respectful of everything, the time they had given, the intensity which, with which they loved their art form, really formed an enormous... It's like a pool of emotion for me. It's passion, it's hard work, it's frustration, it's process. 
And it's all within that. It's all very soul searching mm. and self challenging. Mm. And, and yet when it comes out, we are all so connected and I would not be the person that I am from, you know, starting with the people who influenced my life as a, you know, from infancy to when I was dancing professionally. And then uh, when I left the company, I pursued art history and went into a world, it was amazing, transition. I worked for Hallmark Cards and children's television programming for many years. But all of my performing arts background lent itself totally, was being in the right place at the right time, having the opportunities. And I felt that what I had been given and the, as the people who graced my life gave me the tools and the confidence to transition to something I truly had never done before, but I found the connectivity and I found the, the richness in a whole new aspect of what I would say is performing art and going into television and movie production, this kind of thing. And I felt it, it was challenging, it was exciting, but I wasn't afraid because I had had such a beautiful foundation through people who had so graciously shared their lives and experience mm -hmm. with me. All of the personal things that we experience, losing loved ones and marrying and going into starting a family, all of these things are so beautiful. They're not easy. None of it's easy, but it's beautiful and it enriches our souls. And so, you know, every, I have to, I am so thankful for every phase of my life regardless of how rocky or lumpy or, you know, difficult, it's okay. Because really, what is worth working, well, what is worth attaining if you're not working for it? If everything is just given, how do you know who you are or what you are capable of? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, um, nothing is smooth, but it can be wonderful. Well, I think the listeners or some of the listeners will have seen some of the pictures that I will put up on, on Instagram um, that I've taken with you, some of the little videos I've taken of you dancing. And that's it's really true. I mean, uh, um, you are no longer a woman in her 20s or in her 30s or even in her 40s, um, yet you have such elegance and grace and you are so incredibly beautiful. And I would like to, at this point, share a little story. So... You, if I may, interrupt me of if you don't want to share. So I'm looking at your foot right now, and it's still in a little cast. So you were bitten by a scorpion eight weeks uh, ago. Yeah, about eight weeks ago. Eight weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> so this is a real scorpion, and the, an infection went into your tendons and possibly your bones, and so you haven't been able to use your foot at all or even stand on it. And yet you still teach dance. And I've watched you teach dance, and it's and oh, I've yeah. told you that I've never seen anybody sitting in a chair be more graceful. So you and and more exciting. And so you go through this whole lesson and get everybody to move and get everybody to follow the choreography. And all you're doing is moving your arms and just kind of stepping back and forth. This to me is grace. <laughs> so no, but it is, and I think it's oh, so wow. much more important. So maybe we could talk about that a little bit, sort of how do we achieve grace? Why is grace more important than beauty or 
any one specific skill, for example? What, what, what do you think about that? And maybe also go into a little bit about your dance, uh, uh, teaching dance and, 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 the, and the feeling of that, uh, you know, oh as opposed to teaching it with full movement. Okay. Well, I, I think I'd like to start with it is a gift to do, and this is anything we choose to do in, in the sciences, in social work, in the performing arts. It's any individual finds himself or herself doing what they love to do, following their passions and being able to make that their lives. And I have been able to do that. And so, um, you know, speaking of, of transitions from earlier, working for Hallmark Cards was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. And I grew. Travel was amazing. Um, you know, there were absolute business challenges, contract challenges, all of this. And I learned from that. Then, um, as my mother was very, very ill at, um, toward the end of my Hallmark career, and I changed my focus. I had been recently married. And, um, and so I removed myself from the corporate every, you know, every day and all of the travel to help care for her. And it was everything. I mean, it was, <laughs> I don't regret any, any of it at all. Moving into a new lifestyle in a way, I thought, you know, Michelle, what would you like to do? What would you like to do? And, uh, and so I started teaching dance again at the Johnson County Community College, which is where I met Ariette's amazingly charming father, Steve, or Istvan. And um, he was always whistling classical music. I'm thinking, who is this man who knows all of the classics and yet works with athletes? It's, it's amazing. He's a whole other, whole other <laughs> chapter in my life. Being able then to be in the dance studio again with, with vital young people at the, at the university level, right? was I was on fire again, loved it. And I just felt it, that fire again ignite with me with the love of dance and being able to share it and see how it really was changing these young people's lives. They came into a community college uh, PE class, basically, and would take, they took every single class I taught for two, three years while they were there. And, and we formed a, a small dance company and we collaborated with the composition department there uh, on campus and we put on beautiful productions. But it hasn't always been easy for you. So if I may mention this, I know you had breast cancer um, at age 42. Mm -hmm. um, there have been many bumps in the road and many obstacles in your way, many times when it was difficult to be graceful, to have grace, to know you have grace, to act with grace. How do you go through that? And how do you, how do you mm. deal with that? And how, <laughs> so, so, you know, sort of also for the listeners who are thinking, okay, well, that's great, but how do I achieve grace? In listening to your deepest, most recurring thoughts, aspiring to anything takes a lot of soul-searching. We may not be in control of a situation. What we are in control of is how we approach and handle that situation. Being diagnosed at 42, having two young children, you know, then being diagnosed with breast cancer, it was 
yeah, it was, it was, um, I want to say it stopped me in my tracks for a bit. And it really made me think about what was important to me. What, what was, what were the most important things in my life? All right. I couldn't change the situation regardless of how much I would have liked to. So moving forward, what was going to be, first of all, healthiest for me, my body, my decision, what was going to be healthiest for my family life? And so um, I, and the, the cancer, I will I'll give you detail, was only in one breast. And so I had the option of just having one breast removed. However, my family history has not been good when it comes to women and breast cancer. So I uh, opted to do bilateral mastectomy and it was um, radical surgery. So I am minus many lymph nodes, right? But I thought in this process, um, okay, do I want to do this again? No, <laughs> let's just do it and take care of it. And, and it's going to be harder to, to rehab, to come back. Uh, but I will have the peace of mind. So my having peace of mind also helped the way I approached my family, right? And I had tremendous support from my husband and from my children, but also from my amazing community. And I have friends, and, and there were people that, that just, you know, students of mine. Uh, I was at that point, um, or prior to that, I was teaching a seated exercise class for um, stroke survivors and their caregivers. And these amazing people filled my freezer with food. They weren't going to let my family starve if I could, you know. And I, it was so unexpected. These, these, these gifts and the outpouring of love and support and my friends who would take my children, oh, they'd pick them up swimming, the zoo, right? What that did to heal, for me to heal emotionally and physically, um, is, it's like it was everything. So, um, yeah, it was difficult and rehab was hard as heck and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. But I was so surrounded by beauty and so many people, so graceful, that it, you know, I mean, it inspired me to chin up and, and be positive through all of it and to continue moving forward. And I came out of it very nicely 22 years ago. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So I am, I, am, uh, I am fortunate. I am thankful. But again, I was really uh, supported and uplifted by the the grace and the goodness of so many people in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was Would great. you mind right before the interview you told me the story about um what you decided to do with your hair? Would you mind sharing that with the oh. listeners? Yes. Well, of course, you know, as as ballet trained, we all have a tendency um as we'll say quote unquote ballerinas or ballet dancers to have very long hair and we put it up in a bun or we put it up in a french roll. I had hair to my waist. At that point. And, uh, when you were diagnosed. Right? When I was diagnosed with cancer, right. I did not end up having chemotherapy, although I was told it was more than likely I would. And I was going to lose all of my hair. And I thought, well, last thing I want to do is have, you know, all three feet of hair falling out, you know. So I went to uh, my stylist and she put my hair in a ponytail, cut it off, and then gave me this Liza Minnelli-ish pixie haircut. I had never seen myself like that, certainly, you know, for a very, very long time. 
uh, my son, I was sitting at the kitchen table just after the haircut, and my son walked in, 12 years old. He goes, Mom, you look great. Love your hair. I was like, oh, yes, yes. And my brother uh, walked in and said, whoa, you should have done that years ago. I was feeling really fortified. My daughter walked in, burst into tears, ran out of the room. I thought, okay. And my husband looked at me and I was like, oh. <laughs> and then he walked out of the room and I sat there. I thought, okay, 50-50, you know, <laughs> I'm going to win some, lose some. However, um, with the decisions that I made as far as doing the bilateral mastectomy, um, I did have the support of my husband, my body, my decision. And, you know, and the hair will grow if I decide I want to grow it back. Mm -hmm. So, but this was a new phase in my life. It was a, it was a complete reset. And, uh, and then just a year after my cancer and my surgery and the haircut, um, I opened my first studio in my basement. And the rest was history. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Oh, well, go on with that. I actually didn't know this. I oh, know. yes. I yes. I, because, uh, you know, I was like, you know, what do I want? Really, what do I want to do with my life now? You know, I mean, I have been given a serious second chance, right? And, uh, and so I said, I, I want to have a studio. I want to have a dance studio. I want to train young dancers. And I loved every minute of being at Johnson County Community College and working with the college-age students. They were amazing. But I missed the younger ones, you know, the, the little, the, the creative movement students, the little three-year-olds, five-year-olds. Oh my gosh, you know, it's like, it's like the assorted box of chocolates. The kids, you don't know which one is more delightful than the next. They're just amazing. And, uh, and, and the process of developing strong dancers. So I did. I started, we, we turned the whole basement into a studio. I had mirrors and a nice uh, floor and, and within the first 12 weeks of my just kind of putting out some flyers in the neighborhood, this was about how it was, I was overflowing. I couldn't, I couldn't take any more students. It was 12 weeks, 12 weeks in, and people found out, oh, the basement lady, that's what they called me, was the basement lady. Oh, Michelle's teaching, I got the basement lady. You gotta go take, within three months, I was looking for a space, <laughs> like a space, a large space with two studio spaces. For the students that I had, and then um, it just kind of evolved to my starting a school that was called Le Legacy School of the Arts, and um, and then on to Crescendo Conservatory. I did not know the basement part. I knew the rest, but I didn't know the basement yeah, part. The, base, the basement <laughs> part, but yeah, it took all of twelve weeks, and I was just oh, I I was uh, delightfully uh, overwhelmed. But the last <laughs> thing I wanted to do was turn away these you know, families that wanted their, their kids to take class. Sure. And so we started thinking about, okay, well, where, where can we, where can we do this? Where, where will we land? And yeah. Isn't that interesting? I mean, the topic of this episode is grace. And, uh, I think for those of the listeners who, who fought, who follow the episodes, you know, that I, that I had cancer when I was 42 as well. And this whole podcast started kind of after that. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's this, I, it was after the cancer that I lost my voice for six months because of surgery. Mm -hmm. And I, and I vowed to myself that I'd let, it sounds so cheesy almost, but I, that I'd let my voice be heard. Oh no, not cheesy took at me, all. No, no. <laughs> it took me almost six years though, six years almost to, to actually, 
you know, get it up and starting, you know, mm -hmm. through Couture-Réome and sort of the books that I'm publishing and all that. So mm -hmm. um, isn't that, and, and, and we're, we're questioning grace and, and we're sort of coming to this definition of grace that, that, that equals almost perseverance. Oh, um, perseverance, but self-awareness, self-awareness, self-awareness. What is it? Because, you know, so many people, you know, it's like they, they've, they've had something they've always wanted to do, but they've, they, they've just never done it. They've never done it. They didn't have the confidence or they didn't have, you know what? Now's the best time. Mm. If there is something that you have, that you've been curious about, that you've really wanted to, I will say to sample, to taste mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. do it. You know, like, 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 do, do this because it could open vistas. But in this, it's still, there's this, yes, go get your goals, but there's more to grace. There's still staying kind. It's still being aware of others. It's still mm -hmm. being aware of your place in the universe. It's still, that's, I think, the sort of, um, fine detail or nuance for me. Um, there, I think there are people who go get it and do no matter what it takes to, to achieve their goals and in the process lose grace and uh, become the opposite of what is graceful. Mm -hmm. so, so I think it's, 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 it's more than that. I mean, I, I see grace also. I mean, you are just... Not only do I think, and I know this makes me feel uncomfortable when I give you compliments, but not only do I think you're beautiful, you are you, you are genuine. I just smile. You are <laughs> I smile because I'm so, I, I just, I have a very, um, I would say positive, positive outlook and a buoyant spirit. I'm, I'm very fortunate for that. And, you know, and when you make those compliments... I just feel, I feel so like, um, I know, I feel like I'm floating. <laughs> I'm, I'm floating because you are all of those things. Oh, yeah, stop. Yeah, well, yes, and you are. So, <laughs> so you see, it is, it is one of those things that I look at you and I see what you're doing and what you have accomplished in your life and how you are with your family and, and all. And, and you have such depth of grace. So, so here we are giving <laughs> tennis match back forth, back forth, back forth. There you go. So, so let's go back to a question I asked a couple, a couple of seconds ago because I don't feel comfortable with that at all. <laughs> so, so, what is the difference between grace and beauty? Is it the same thing? Is it is no? It, there is a difference. No. Oh heavens no! Oh heavens no! No, no, no. Because I mean, they're, they're, um, someone who's graceful and someone who's beautiful. Well, you know, grace. Well, grace it, it, it imbues everything. Your tone of voice, the way you carry yourself, how you how you you speak to people, how you treat people, uh, how you treat animals. I mean, it's a it's a um, how how you welcome people and how you embrace life and situations, um, and and doing it without insult, doing it without um, we'll say I, I I don't know with. With being, I think there's a certain selfless quality too, to grace for people who, who are, um, you know, it's it's something that it it's just it happens. It's who they are. They don't expect credit or kudos or my Canadian friend says a hero biscuit for everything they do. You know, um, and 
and that it's just who they are. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think people with grace are very consistent that they will be as they are with family and friends, they will be as they are in professional work situations, they will be as they are in difficult times. And, and but again, it is, I, I think, um, it is a quality of character and of spirit, but it is also being aware of how we are with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then beauty, though, if you're going to go to beauty, I mean, there are many people who are so beautiful. I mean, I always say they're like total physical specimens. I mean, just amazing. Um, and, and I think we may have all been around people who are exceeding beautiful, but lack grace. And suddenly they're just not as beautiful. You know, the physical beauty can really wear off when someone is rude or, or egocentric or, you know, thoughtless. Um, and, and so I think beauty can fade. Uh, grace never fades. Grace is a, is a lasting quality. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is how I would view it. And um, I think many, there are many people who, and whatever physical beauty is, is defined by in the culture you, you, know, you grow in, that people who have that grace of spirit may not be whatever physical perfection is, but they are so attractive and they are so dynamic and they are so inspiring that I don't know that that we even see the physical anymore. You know, that the physical is is not part of it. What you see is that that radiance in that person. And I, you know, um, again, I've had the great good fortune of having been mentored by many of these phenomenal grace-filled people. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. And I think there we, we got really close to what I, what I actually think is, is grace. So I think it comes with, a, with age and with a sense of wisdom almost. So I, but I did have, so at a very young age, I remember being like whoa, 15, 16, and uh, we were visiting my, my aunt and uncle in the Netherlands, Tante uh, Maat and Oma Mati. And um, people were complimenting me. Oh, you know, and we had all the cousins together. And, oh, you know, Michelle's such a pretty girl. She's so pretty. And my Uncle Malti said, yeah, she's neither meat nor fish. He said, a woman's not pretty, not beautiful until she's 40. And then it's how interesting she is that makes her beautiful and appealing. It's, it's the experience she's had. Woman's not anything until she's 40. So that was kind of the mindset of, of certainly the men in my family on my mother's side is that, you know, women were interesting. Girls were pretty. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. But you weren't interesting until you had enough experience that you could carry a conversation. The opportunity to age is a gift. And post-cancer, being a cancer survivor, um, you know, people often ask, well, you know, so will you tell us, like, how old, how old are you? I'm 65. I'm thrilled to be 65. I will be thrilled to be 66, 67, 68. I will be thrilled if, to be 80. Because 
many people do not have that, op that option, right? And I've, like I said, I was given a second chance. And so staying as healthy, staying as active, um, self-care is very, very important because, you know, we can run ourselves absolutely dry and be left with nothing. And, and then things around us fall apart. So we do, I say as, a, as an advice, do uh, listen to yourself, listen to your body, give yourself time to rest, give yourself time to respect you, right? And, and the things that you need. And as we get older, uh, you know, now I'm 65, I'm not 25. And things do change. And understanding, okay, well, no, can I do the splits anymore? No, can I do four pirouettes anymore? No, can I do 32 fouettes anymore? No. And no, guess what? I don't need to. But what I can do, I continue to do with as much passion as I did when I was a younger dancer. You know, the, the port-a-bras, the, the carriage, everything, I still do with as much love and as much focus and now my leg's not, you know, up to my head anymore with a grand battement, I'll forget it. But, oh, can I extend and can I feel that I'm using my body and it's wonderful. And so, you know, with the dance, that's how it carries through. But to understand that, you know, there are going to be new little surprises every day. And, uh, and you know, you can welcome them and say, well, hello, now how do I deal with you? You know, it's, uh, it, you, you know, a little humor uh, it helps and but also to be aware but you know take care of yourself to take care of yourself and that way you are better able to take care of those people that you love and and it makes you know it just it makes things easier it's not going to make things perfect right but even uh, you you know perfection uh, is individual definition mm -hmm. you know and to be able to enjoy every day to some capacity. It lends us grace on a daily basis to, to enjoy something. If it's a cup of coffee in the morning, if it's watching children, you know, on a playground and just, you know, um, or if it's going and helping someone with something, or guess what? It's taking a dance class, <laughs> you know, because it makes you feel good. Michelle. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you all for listening. Make sure to check out my website for information about me and all my activities. It's kulturreum.com, C-U-L-T-U-R-E-U-M.com, or my social media accounts, Instagram, at DRJ Podcast, or at Quadil, Q-U-A-D-Y-L-L-E. This is Dr. J signing out.